What's up, everybody, and welcome to another boardroom out of office. My name is Rich Kleiman, and today we got an extra special guest, five-time Olympian, three-time Olympic gold medalist, and if I have this right, 15-time X Games gold medalist, mm -hmm. and I'll add to that entrepreneur, welcome Sean White. Thanks for having me. Thank All you, right. man. And I, I hear you're living in New York now for a few months. Yeah, for a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I love the city, obviously, but I'm, I'm working on a documentary, and they're doing the editing in in Brooklyn. So I'm popping over every day to like, amazing. Check out the new edits and give my input. It's really cool. It's the, uh, the makers of uh, the Last Dance. Oh wow! So yeah, kind That's of telling, telling, telling my story. It's going to be amazing. So That's really awesome, excited man. about it. Yeah, it's Is coming this the out. The first um, time you've ever really documented your life. I, I've done things where it's you know hey from this point with a little bit of history leading into the next olympics or something like that but it's never been kind of the whole story but it's a trip i mean you go in and just like watch your whole life yeah. four hours you're like whoa like did i say <laughs> but yeah that? there's there's a few episodes and um yeah it'll be it'll be um coming out on um the merger of uh discovery and warner oh wow yeah so really really excited That's about really that cool, yeah man. hbo here we so go. you're doing a lot now <laughs> post-retirement. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, first and foremost, I know you teased it before the Olympics, but mm -hmm. your brand White Space, you officially launched. And you're selling it exclusively at Backcountry? Yeah, you know, in the beginning, we we're y y there's a lot of moving parts and pieces. And I'm running into the Olympics, doing that whole, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> it's just so much. Going to the Olympics and getting ready for all that and then trying to launch the brand simultaneously. And we had an opportunity to partner with Backcountry. So they do our manufacturing, our distribution, all of our, you know, all the heavy lifting there. And we'd have an exclusive with them for a while. And But they're so amazing. I mean, they've had their hands in, you know, out, outer uh, outdoor sports for, you know, the past 25 years or more. And they have this amazing customer service because that's half the battle. Like, yeah. I want to go snowboard. What do I get? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like how tall is the board? What should my stance be? What's what bindings, what yeah. boots, what helmet? Like there's so much equipment and you can be, you know, lost in it. So it's really great that they're helping us out with that. And then we're doing all the boards pretty much on our own. Um, so, which is fun. Cause that's like, you know, for me, that's, that's what I know, yeah. you know, so I'm, I'm obviously suited to do all the uh, product development, all that stuff. So, and what was the why in creating this? Was this something that throughout your career you envisioned mm -hmm. kind of bringing to life at some point, or was there a motivation other than that? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like, I mean, I grew up, you know, idolizing Tony Hawk and I, I was around Jake Burton and these guys, you know, um, huge influences in my life and they own their own brands. I mean, Tony Hawk at Birdhouse Skateboards, yeah. like the best skaters in the world <laughs> that skate. All my friends are like, oh, it'd be a dream to be on Birdhouse or, you know, you remember Powell and all those, those, those amazing brands back in the day. Um, and, and obviously Jake, amazing, he, he shaped the sport. Yeah. And so I've always kind of ad admired and wanted to do that, but never really thought I had the capabilities to do it. But remember, I mean, I, I've been riding for brands like Burt and others, you know, since I was seven years old, developing products, testing new equipment, all these things. And so um, really pulling the curtain and seeing what they're doing behind the scenes. So I feel like I just got a full crash course in like how to do a company. Yeah. And it all just kind of like made sense at this certain point right before this last Olympics. And Burton, I know, was mm -hmm. um, a partner of yours for a long time. Uh, yeah. How was that kind of reaction from them? Have they been supportive of it? Do you become competition mm -hmm. now right away? I think it's, I, I wouldn't say we're competition right out the gate. I mean, I, I, I don't know as much as that. I mean, 
you know, we have plans to grow. I, I would love to be in the winter sports world, but not only in that place, yeah. just because I feel like my life, there's so much going on. Obviously, my roots are in the winter space, but uh, I feel like we could do a lot more than just be in there. Like, I just really want to represent performance, which is what my life's been about. Yeah. But, um, you know, unfortunately, Jake Burton passed away. Um, so that was, that was a hard hit for the entire snowboarding community, you know, but, um, I feel like he'd be proud, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm walking my own path now, you know, yeah. and that's pretty, um, it's pretty amazing feeling for me. And I know it's, it's probably, you know, respected among those, those guys. So, well, you, it's fine. I read something in the press release about this, like transitional element to mm -hmm. what you're creating. Right. And I know in basketball, Nike, t maybe 20 years ago, really put that emphasis on like whatever you wear to go play hoop in. How yeah. do you keep that on or throw a sweatshirt over it and be able to go right into your evening or go right yeah. into that meeting? Is that part of the plan, like to be able to create this for somebody that is engaging in winter sports, but mm -hmm. also like the whole après ski, which is like yeah. my, my best part of the whole experience. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. You hit it on the head. I mean, for me, that was that's the whole deal. Like when, when designing the line, I'm like, okay, well, what would I pack? And like, where am I going? I'm like, okay, I gotta go to, I gotta go to Switzerland. But then right after that, I'm coming to New York. And I'm like, all right, well, I've designed the garments to be, you know, like our underlayers, like this cool kind of mock neck sort of a thermal layer, but. I can easily wear it on the mountain to keep me warm, but then throw a pea coat over it or a suit over it to like, yeah. you know, wear around the city and whatnot. And um, we have a performance jacket where I designed it to be, you know, the perfect sort of competition jacket where there's a jacket that zips out of it. Because when you're riding, you don't want to be cumbersome. You got to be lightweight and, you know, your, yeah. your job's to get in the air. <laughs> so you want to be lightweight, and, <laughs> but you got to stay warm. And then there's lag time in between your runs. I'm waiting at the top. It's You're freezing, you know, and you're just sitting there waiting. So I needed something I could easily, like, dump a, dump a layer. But then we decided, hey, well, why not make that? layer that you pull out not the standard puffy whatever yeah. like we should make something that's more of like a a sherpa a shirling that you can wear out after you know what i mean so yeah. that was that was definitely in the back of my mind because of just my life and where i go and there's only so much room to pack things so that was that was for sure um part of the thinking behind it but it's so much fun i don't have to like you know run that up the corporate ladder i can just <laughs> like this is what we're doing yeah you know and so there's been some amazing things that have happened along the way um, you know, it was a funny story. I was, I was riding, uh, mammoth mountain training and this is the cool part. And this is, this is what I don't think people talk about as much, but as an athlete, like when you join a sponsor, right, it's like, okay, this company's already got their mold. Like these are our colors. This is our slogan. This is our logo. This is where the company's going in this direction. It's my job as an athlete. I feel like to fit their mold the best I can while still trying to be me, Yeah, you know, be who you are, but then fit our mold. And so this is like, we're just building the mold from scratch. So you really get to say and do whatever you want. And I was riding at Mammoth. I look over and there's this guy like head to toe in Louis Vuitton. I'm like, what the like you just don't see that as often and this wasn't aspen or whatever you know and, and i was like no way that could probably only be one or two people and it was virgil wow and i'm just like no way okay so we, we took some laps i got his information and um you know i'm thinking about starting this brand and i call him i'm like well hey i got this legend at my disposal maybe i'll call oh him and get some God. advice and so we're talking and at the end of our call, he's like, I love the name. I love the logo. I love what you're doing. This is great. You should think about maybe this to start and, you know, just do what you know, do it well. And, um, 
And then at the end of the call, it's like, hey man, before COVID, like I, I have a lo- I love luggage. And I was like, man, like take this for whatever, you know, here's some inspiration. I sent him this rendering because I was getting a trunk made before the world shut down um, to, to house all my snowboarding equipment. And he's like, no way, like this oh is incredible. We gotta, we gotta do this. We gotta make that a reality. And so like just a natural thing that sort of happened when I bumped into him, we both vibe on the same yeah. sort of, we love design, we love this sport. And then it all came together and he, he made me a whole set of luggage to go to the Olympics with, um, That's you know, collaborated with, we have this white stripe that we put, it's on the back of my thing here, but we, so. we have that on all the luggage and all this stuff. And I mean, it was the, the sad, part of the story is he, he, you know, passed away before he could see the finished product, but I had my Virgil was here moment at the Olympics with my case and the, you know, but just stuff like that, like it can just naturally happen now because I'm in the driver's seat, you know, um, which is really fun. That's pretty amazing that you have that like moment to pull from too, you know, with somebody Mm -hmm. that meant so much to so many people and in fashion and get a little bit of game before you start this is pretty Mm -hmm. incredible. Yeah. Out the gate. I was like, wow, is this happening? And then I was like, (laughs) what are the odds that like the head designer at LV is like a huge snowboard fan? He must've been the most like well decked out snowboarder of all time. Oh yeah. And it's, and, and I mean, I'm probably not supposed to share any of the stuff he sent me, but like he, you know, the stuff he was planning on making was so wild. I mean, amazing, man. definitely we'll draw some inspo from that later. Yeah. You know, his stuff's super out there at times, but still so cool. But, um, yeah, like what a, what an amazing experience. And then, um, and then there's a full circle of it all. Cause like, you know, I got my first board when I was seven, you know, or no, excuse me. Uh, well, I was sponsored at seven, but like I got sponsored my first board. Yeah, that was, that was Burton, you know, they didn't make kids boards. And so I got my first kids board and I remember it changed my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it brought me to this place today. Um, and now I'm on the other side of it where I'm looking at like the next generation, the talent and going, wow, like I really respect yeah. this up and comers riding. Like maybe with the right influence, I could help them be incredible yeah. you know and so it's it's really fun to be on the other side I'm of it sure now. yeah I, w- I definitely want to get to that but i i gotta first understand how one gets sponsored at seven like i mm-hmm. i am obviously i work a lot in basketball and around football and people yeah. get identified at young ages <laughs> yeah seven is yeah. like insanely young how yeah. did that even happen well there's no real rules and <laughs> isn't there like you there's know no hey, rules if- left anymore period okay but good. Well, i <laughs> Yeah. Because, you know, I thought, I mean, even the Olympics back in the day, you weren't supposed to have any sponsors. You yeah. Know? And they opened that up. You can have your own sponsors and things. But your own you know, Olympic sponsors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So there was no real um, path. You know, snowboarding wasn't much when I started in the sport. Um, you know, most of the riders weren't really welcome on most mountains and things. And and we kind of found the path through it all. But um, I think it, it just... It's my mom and family, you know, everybody, parents took us to the resort and they just didn't have kids boards. It was, the sport was that new. And I remember riding a board that was like way too big for me. And my mom was like, I just started calling around like, well, hey, do you make kids boards? Do you make kids like Solomon, all the major brands and no one had stuff except for Burton was coming out with a kids line. And they just so happened to be like, no way. How old is he? Like, was okay. And they needed kids to like test the products and whatnot. So I, I, it wasn't like they offered me like a huge check or something. It was just that I was starting to receive flow product from them yeah. and a sponsorship. And um, and then later they started helping me out with travel budget and things to get around. And then, yeah, I went pro at 13 and it just went from there. Yeah. 
You don't even know what so, I was doing at 13. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Do you like that competitive juice that you get mm-hmm. and you've been competing your whole life, mm-hmm. 30 years? Do you feel like you can get some of that now? Because like you said, when you get paid by a brand, and I know this from my own experiences mm-hmm. working with talent, you know, it, it can be as authentic as it can be. You mm-hmm. know, it's like it's not your brand. You're mm-hmm. finding where you fit in and yeah. you're getting paid for services. But the success and failure of this in some ways rests on you and mm-hmm. you get to watch like the arrow go up when yeah. the sales go out the door. Is that starting to no. kick in that competitive feeling a bit? Yeah. I mean, you're literally saying everything that's been going <laughs> on. It's so awesome. I mean, you know, firsthand, but yeah, for me, and, and like you said, it's not to discredit any deals you do. It's not that I don't like this product. I mean, maybe I love the product, but it's not my creation. It's not yeah. something I did, and and um, and I'm joining on, which is great. But for me, yeah, I mean, this has just been incredible. Like, So my brother, he's seven years older than me. He's helping me do all the design work. So we're together on the phone going over family the- Family biz. Yeah, it's family in the mix. I have friends that are helping me out. And like you said, like we launched and like we got the phone out and we're like eating lunch. It's all <laughs> ping. It's like, yeah. oh, Teresa from Minnesota just bought a hoodie. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it's so cool. And like, I'm like, should I send her a, a video letter? Like, should I send her a message? <laughs> you can't scale that. You no, know, no, I know, I know. But like, just, hey, thanks, Teresa. You know, like- it's so exciting. It's so fun. And, and I'm, you know, I got like, um, that amazing feeling when, you know, I, I, we've been getting tagged, um, on our Instagram, white space underscore create. And, and they've had, um, you know, people unboxing their boards. It was a young girl and she was unboxing her board and like, looked at her dad, like, ah, it's here. And I just remember that feeling. And so, yeah, there's definitely that, that, that love and connection and and it's something that's so authentic to me i'm not here pushing a new tequila or yeah. something you know what i mean which is delicious but <laughs> i like, totally get it you know i will be and i went no give, <laughs> give me give me some time white but, space yeah on yeah yeah <laughs> distilled at the <laughs> the alps of yeah but I, I think for me yeah you hit it on the head it's it just feels great there's family involved and this is something that's like you know, dear to me. So, yeah. yeah. And I see, I saw you had at one point, you know, 750 brand deals. Some yeah, crazy some number. <laughs> um, and you just retired. Have you had to kind of start getting rid of some of these and balance a bit of how like post-retirement business looks as opposed to when you were competing? Well, yeah. I mean, it's just a mixture of things where I, I don't know. I mean, to be completely honest, it was like the competitive years were like, Hey, I don't know how long this is going to last. Like, let's get the checks when we can. And like, there's global warming, there's all these things happening. And it was very, you know, um, you know, a very, very unsure sort of future. Um, and I had friends that would get injured. They would get, something would happen and it's, it's over. And so I remember being like, okay. Then I hit a point in my career where I'm like, well, look, I'm, feeling more financially stable and, and, and the longevity of my life. Cause athletes, it's wild. And I didn't realize this till a bit later in my career, but like, if you look at the lifespan of an athlete, you make basically all the money up front, a, a large sum of money, but that needs to then last you your entire life yeah. where most traditional jobs, you get senior toward the seem senior, senior <laughs> toward the end of it, you know, and you make partner you whatever, and, and you make the most money you're ever going to make in your career and you don't have as long to live, Yeah, you know, not to be grim about it, but that's just how it works. So you have to learn as an athlete, how to stretch that over a certain amount of time. And, um, 
And so, you know, that was kind of the plan. And then all of a sudden I hit that threshold. I went, well, why don't I take some more risks? Why don't I do some things that maybe don't have that upfront guarantee, but there's more reward on the back end. And as I've transitioned into, um, you know, retirement, it's more just like, what do I want to do? What do I love to do? Like what makes me happy? You know, do I need to attend this event to shake hands? No. No, like I'd rather go to dinner with the buddies and do whatever, you know, and it's more those things that, that you, you know, want and, and, and it's time, honestly, yeah. it's like, well, where do I really want to plant my roots and what I really want to be involved in? And, and through that, let's then kind of spread out and do more things. But I'd say that's why, like, when I look at what's most important to me right now, it's for sure. It's like this white space. Um, we have a, a sports and music festival called Aaron style. That's taken a huge backseat because of, you know, COVID, COVID and, yep. and, the state of the world right now, which I'd love to bring back. But those are those things where I'm like, God, I love music and I love putting, you know, sports and music together and doing all these things, you know, like it just was, was really fun. And if you can turn that into, you know, a moneymaker as well as, you know, something that does, you know, great things for the communities in which it, you know, yeah. um, is featured, it's really amazing. So I'm always thinking about sort of like, what's the full loop of it all. And, what, yeah. and what about just on a, from like a strict athletic standpoint, do mm-hmm. you still wake up and get that itch and miss a bit of it? Do you still train at all? Well, that's the one thing I asked other athletes. I was like, so what's up? Like, <laughs> what do I, what do I, like, give me some, you know, some heads up. I didn't ask Tom. Yeah. I mean, cause I that, say, don't ask <laughs> that Tom. Don't ask Tom. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, most, most athletes were like, do not stop working out. They're like, it just, it's just make it a part of your life. You'll feel better. It's just, you yeah. know, don't stop that. And it keeps that fight in you. Um, and then a lot of them told me, they're like, look, you're going to want to jump to something new immediately. Like, oh, this is it. You know, like whatever you, the, the breakup and you're like, oh, I'm with her now, you yeah, know, or yeah. whoever you, you need to give it time. You know, you're not just going to find something that fills that that space in your life immediately and you should be comfortable with not knowing what that is for a bit obviously having this brand has like cushioned that that sort of come down and fall of it all and and even after the olympics like i told my girlfriend i'm in this wonderful relationship and she was like what do you want to do after i'm like i just want to travel but i want to do it for fun i want to see all the places that like snowboarding doesn't take me yeah you know, I'm not hitting the mountains of Monaco. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, let's go check yeah. it out. Like, so that was really fun. But like any vacation that ends and, and, you know, just, just being real with you, like I haven't actually gone through a winter season yet where I'm not competing. So I'm a little like, I don't know how that'll be, but that itch never really goes away. I yeah, think that's I just imagine. part of you. You know, you're like, well, if I did the sit-ups and then I came back <laughs> and I, you just, that that's how you think. You're always plotting of like, how do I come back or how do I be the best? Yeah. And, and that part of you never really turns off. But it's nice that like with the brand, like, you know, that, that endless pursuit of progression. I mean, for me, it doesn't have to lay dormant. Like we already switched factories. I'm like, we can make better boards here. We can do this. Like, what if, you know, and, yeah. and that, that part of me still is like yeah, alive competing. and well, and it's a, it's a full on competition yeah. still. And there's that reward of like, you know, people, you know, uh, enjoying your products. And there's that connection with people. You're like, look, I sat and worked on this. It was a drawing. Then there was a sample. Then I, thought hey this is how we should photograph it and put it out there yeah. this is the packaging this is the price tag this is, 
everything. And someone, you know, there's so much product available and someone stood there and went like, I like this. It best suits like what I represent, what I'm about. And then you have that connection with people. So 100%, I love it. I love the full circle of it. And, um, but yeah, I'll let you know after this season how I'm, <laughs> how I'm or, or just go spend the uh, winter season by the beach or something. Mm -hmm. You'll have no pull. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you like, in, in terms of like that mm -hmm. feeling of, loss at all is skateboarding also mm. register in the same way or is it not the same kind of emotional connection the way snowboarding has been for you i think skateboarding was just that that the grass is greener situation where i was always snowboarding and and i loved it don't get me wrong i had all the sponsors in snowboarding but i loved skateboarding and skateboarding to me represents home because I grew up at the beach in, in California and I could, I could be home and go skate. Yeah. Like at home, I was like, oh, my family's there. Like I was in a relationship, all these, that's like home. And so I was, I always wanted that, you know, cause I didn't have it as much cause there's snow somewhere always mm -hmm. year round. There's yes. glaciers, there's the, you know, New Zealand, Australia, South America, there's places that there's always snow. And when you have people paying you quite a bit of money to be a snowboarder, you need to go snowboard. Yeah. And, and so for me, it was a double-edged sword where I loved skateboarding. I wanted to be a professional skateboarder, but then again, it was a nice thing to go, okay, you know, I'm going to commit to this. And then I can tell the sponsors like, Hey, look, I'm not doing that trip or whatever because i'm doing this so it's not exactly <laughs> like i'm just sitting here yeah. like getting tan well, i don't tan much but um i just freckle it's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah so for me that was one of those things so when i went pro in skateboarding and then i reached the point where i won the winter and summer x games simultaneously for a few years in a row i was like all right I did it. That's pretty <laughs> epic. Know? Which was amazing, you know, and, and it's fun to we'll touch on it in the doc because not many people know that yeah. whole run. I mean, just to win summer skateboard. I mean, Tony Hawk, this, his whole career was, you know, just to be the best in Incredible. the world of skating. Some and then That's some Deion I would just Sanders shit. dip man. and then go snowboard. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> there's definitely some some you know competitors that are like oh that's so amazing and then others that are like i don't like that yeah <laughs> like stay in your lane yeah you know don't make but, me um, look like a one sport yeah, athlete like, like, there's something wrong with this man <laughs> but you know it was it was an amazing time and and so yeah i felt like i really did that the only disappointment was there was no olympics at the yeah, time i know so i know if that's it would have happened you, years before i mean gosh i could have been doing the the winter summer gold would have been nuts i mean that would have, have you been called just anyone incredible. in the last year and said yo i think i could do skateboarding in the olympics one more time so the last time when it was the first time ever yeah. in japan i was going for that one and it just looked i just started watching the world go like oh this is what's happening with covid and this is like and i'm pretty good at like visualizing the path of where i need to go it's just a hard one when the landscape keeps changing. Yeah. You know, it's like. I totally know. And that's actually yeah. an insane skill set that I've noticed because I've had the luxury of interviewing a ton of entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and CEOs and success stories like yourself. And yeah. there is a bit of like reading the playing field, even mm -hmm. if it's just reading it for yourself, like yeah. knowing where you fit in this whole zeitgeist in the future. Totally. But you must have seen like the series of events that would would ensue and you yeah. just knew it wasn't right. Well, it's wild. Like, cause I, I just, I was just kind of, I take like this big picture of it all and I'm looking at it going, okay, like out the gate, they're like, look, we're going to do all the competitions at brand new built skate parks. And I'm like, okay, cool. You've never been there. I've never been there. Yeah. We both show up. We got about, you know, a couple of days to train and we do our best runs. And then they're like, eh. 
it's probably easier to do it at existing skate parks. I'm like, oh my God, you grew up <laughs> down the street from this thing. You know every nook and cranny, you know what I mean? It's like you playing at your local court or your whatever, you know that pebble, that crack in the yeah. sidewalk. Like, And now I'm competing with people that have grown up there or, or been there multiple times. And um, so I remember like, like, okay, well I'll show up a month in advance to like learn the whole park and be dialed and they're like, I'm sitting there going, okay, we'll have to plan a month in advance for every single skate park along the tour, plus this, along with my other gig of the, and it, and then COVID, yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, and it, and the, yeah, the rules kept changing things, and I was like, you know what, I love this, I'd love to go for it, but I think I need to focus on the snowboarding side yeah. of things, and and to have another run at the Winter Olympics is like, you know, I think, yeah. And, and, and at the time it wasn't, I, I'm known for vert skating, which is like what Tony Hawk does a big ramp. So yep. this was called park. So it's a mix between street and transition. So you have these big cement, like Chelsea pier, yeah. Venice skate park at the, yeah, at the beach there. So it, it was, it was a transition for me at the time. Um, but anyways, yeah, I mean, that would be one for the list, but I, I think I'm, I think I'm good. I think I'm, I'm now in a, in a great position to just support and come hang and, and really just be a part of it <laughs> you know I, what I mean I kind of believe you I yeah yeah believe. yeah it's in there still but I think you know this new sort of um yeah it's why I, honestly I've talked to guys that I know other snowboarders and they're like it's really fun to wake up and not not go oh is this the, the day that I'm gonna be really injured you is know that, what I mean is that a real thing that you guys woke oh, up thinking all for the time? sure yeah just because you think like okay I'm in I'm in Switzerland for a month and I'm training and it's like, I'm working on these tricks. I'm like tiptoeing around this new big move. And it's like, well, is today the day I'm going to go for it? Is it, is it going to be windy? Is the sun going to come out? I'm going to have to go for it. Is my competitor going to do it? And then I'm forced to do it. Like you're kind of in this state of like, yeah. okay, let's go. And, um, and it's not, it's not fun <laughs> at times. He's like, yeah, you're not going to wonder if you're just going to get broke off by the wow. next so, big trick or whatever. You just get to go enjoy it, purely enjoy it. So every you know? move that you would work on in practice for everything you ended up accomplishing, mm -hmm. were there moves that you just had to throw away with during practice because you just kept like busting your ass? <laughs> for sure. Yourself? I mean, there's, there's a trick. It's called the double McTwist 1260. And the reason why it's the 1260 is because I did it one less rotation, which is a, a 1080. And the way the rotation came in, I kept catching my face on the edge of the wall oh and my pop God. my helmet off at X games, and like scrape my face. And, and I'm thinking like, Oh my God, like something's, I got to do something. It's too dangerous this way. And then I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, and every time there's a close call, you're like, okay, well, that could have been much worse than it was. Okay, I'm okay. But, and, uh, and then you go back and try it again, and again, and something's got to change. And I realized that if I just did it even harder, spun it more, my back would be facing the wall as I came in rather than my front and turned out to be a better trick, more, you know, the, 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 no <laughs> the odds were better. And yeah. And so, <laughs> so that's kind of how you have to approach it. But yeah, there's certain tricks that like you can do a couple times, but you just know that the consistency's not there. Yeah. So I watched be like, Oh, that's no good. I watched the Tony Hawk doc. Yeah. Um, and I was like, he was trying to pull some move off over oh, yeah. and over and over again. Might've been the 900. Yeah. I, I think, think so. Yeah. And it's like gut wrenching to watch, but mm -hmm. like that, I think that part of your guy's sport doesn't get spoken about as much mm -hmm. because it's like if a basketball player is working on a move in practice, yeah. like the 
downside is like the shot doesn't go in or mm -hmm. you realize like you don't have enough time to get that shot off or someone yeah, gets yeah. their hand in your face and you got to have yeah. a counter to that but yeah. it could be banging your <laughs> your head into the no. side of the mountain it's yeah it's a it's a mix of like yeah like <laughs> i don't want to say mma but like it's a mix of some physical contact like that with like almost like race car driving or something like there's not often a big crash but when there is, it's pretty heavy and yeah. there's no car to protect me. Like I'm flying through the air. So my face, I have these, you can see this kind of white line and I, and on my forehead here, but like I was in New Zealand and I was having this great day working on these tricks. I'm thinking, all right, like I talked about, like today's the day I'm going to go for it. And like <laughs> took off and just like you shoot a ball or anything, you, you know, when you mess up, it's just sailing this way, but I'm like, 19 20 feet in the air above a wall that's 22 feet tall so i'm up here and i come down and of course i'm flipping around like oh god this isn't good like i know it's wrong and of course i come around i see that i'm like four feet inside or uh, uh over the deck of the half pipe they call it the deck and so i smash on the top of my hip and then i'm kind of dazed and it throws me then 20 feet 22 feet down to the bottom and that's where my edge caught and my face just hit the snow. You know, when your edge catches, it like whips you. My and God. so I hit my face and I'm kind of like, I remember just being really mad because I knew what I did wrong. I was like, really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is a that's odd reaction. I was just like, Pff. and, and then, and then I like, <sighs> so I take my goggles off, you know, they're kind of exploded already, but I kind of pull my stuff away and it's just pouring blood. I was like, Oh God. And, I, I, something was over here. I was like, what is that? <laughs> my coach comes running up and he just looks at me and he's just like, Ooh, it was your tooth. So like, uh, no, my whole face had just been split and up the middle. So like this lip was over here hanging. And oh my God. I bit through my tongue and my forehead was sliced by my goggle lenses. And I was just like, Oh, great. Now what? And, um, you look great, by the way. They, I thank you. They really did a good job down there in New Zealand, put me together. Um, but yeah, that was one of those things where it can it, all of a sudden, no, the, the track was great. And then it just, and so, you know, you have to deal with that. And then there's the mental sort of like, all right, this happened, but this doesn't happen often. Like, let's get over the fear and you got to try the trick again. So that happened to me. Um, at that next Olympics, it was Korea 2018, standing there at the top of the pipe and I'd made a pact with myself. I was like, I'm never going to do it. Cause the conditions weren't great. You know, I shouldn't have been trying the trick, but I went for it anyways. And I'm flying through the air or excuse me. I'm, 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 I'm at the top of the half pipe for the Olympics and I hadn't really done the trick yet. I hadn't done the run and I'm like, well now or never, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, all right. So I make my way through it and I, I landed that trick that put me in the hospital to win it. Oh my <laughs> like, God. Ah. And so when I got to the bottom man, I just like burst into tears. I yeah. couldn't control it because, you know, it's such an emotional journey to get to that point. Like my parents are calling, they're like, it's over. Like just retire, just walk away. My coach is saying the same thing. Like, this is a sign. I'm like, I know, but I, my gut's telling me to keep going and I gotta just, I gotta go with what I'm feeling. And, um, and so from all that, 
last chance, last rider. And I, 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 dude, I put it down. I was like, I, I had nightmares after that for the longest time that, that they're like, the cameras weren't on and you got to just do it one more time. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, like, or so like, we weren't rolling on that tape. Yeah, so right. if you could just hit that once more, I'm like, it was just like a one in a million, you yeah. know, and I, I nailed it. And, um, you know, with the pressure and everything and, and, and I had not done as well at the last Olympics in, in Sochi. It was 2014 and, you know, finished fourth place. Um, kind of lost the love of the sport and just that drive. Found it again, then was tested with the crash to come back. And so that was like a amazing. I don't know if I'm selling the documentary enough for you guys. Right oh, now, you but definitely yeah, it's are, gonna man. Be a, it's going to be a good one. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's sports. You know, that's yeah. the up and down of it all and the injuries, the comeback and... I mean, it would have been cool to just keep winning straight through, but I honestly just the story arc of my life and career of dealing with losing and then injuries and coming back and and just saying like I'm doing well, this, you know. And I th and, but that's why fans fall in love with athletes, and mm -hmm. I think it's interesting for Olympic athletes. Um, and I know you guys compete all year long, and there's nationals and mm -hmm. there's worlds and yeah. x games but the olympics are like the pillar in the yeah. career but there's only a few people like you in mm -hmm. that like lindsey vaughn or carl lewis or these mm -hmm. olympians that become brands become well-known become mm -hmm. famous and mm -hmm. have the opportunity to make a ton of money and then there's so many other of your peers yeah. that just never get these opportunities mm -hmm. and it's probably a combination of just like who you are innately mm -hmm. how you carry yourself your interests but was there a concerted effort or a certain roadmap that you had for yourself as you approached this or mm -hmm. did it come to you because of just who you were a bit and your skill? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. I, I think it was a mixture of all of the above, but no, I, I went to great lengths to make sure that like, I just did things a little differently. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's what they're doing. Then great. Like maybe I'll do this. You know, I, I was always looking for kind of like the separator, like yeah. what's going to make my run a little bit different. What's going to make my appearance a little bit different. What, you know, and naturally like I had red hair and none of my other competitors did. And so I remember a point where like all the kids at school were like cutting their hair and you remember the gelling it and spike and frosting yeah. the tail. It became very popular. I got I went bald real young, man. <laughs> yeah, so, so you might have yeah, you were fine on that one. But but you know, that became really popular and I was just like, I don't know if that's my jam. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna grow my hair out. And I and I fell in love with like rock and roll music and all these things and so kind of adopted that way when everybody was going the hip hop route and and now I looked different. I already wrote a bit different and, and people were like, Oh, he's, that's, you know, yeah. he's on his own path. He's unique. Is he? And then, and then you start to feel it and know it and believe it and, and follow it. Yeah. And follow it. And then I would just start looking for ways to be unique, be different. And, um, you know, after the Olympics was, I think the, the most, um, important time because as an athlete, you, you hope to get a certain level of success, right? And through that success, you're asked to be on talk shows, you're asked to be on magazine covers, all these things. But, you know, people want to paint the picture that they see of you. And so for snowboarding, it was immediately like, great. We love you on the, the late night spot, but like, what yeah. stunt can you do? They're like, can you come out? Like, <laughs> we'll slide you in, you'll take your goggles off and you'll, you know, yeah open up a Mountain Dew and you're like, and literally every talk show is like, you know, Hey, what's this kind of gimmick we can do? Or we'll have them like, well, we'll green screen you sliding down the building and into the studio. Yeah. And like, and I had to say no, 
I was just like, no, because I'm like, I know this is happening where if I say yes, then the next talk show is like, well, you did it for the, why yeah. won't you do it? And you're the gimmick guy. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're setting a, you know, um, a standard. And, and so like, I don't know, maybe it's Tony's thing. I love Tony to death, but like, I've never seen him without his skateboard. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's interesting thing. I think he just loves having a skateboard around, but like, that's how I see him and recognize him. And, and for me, I'm like, I don't want to be carrying my snowboard everywhere. So, you know who I am, yeah. like I need to do these certain steps and, um, and so, yeah, that was a really tough time to say no when all I wanted to do was say yes and yeah. and be on these shows. And I got my first thing. It was probably Kimmel or somebody. I was like, yeah, sure. Well, yeah, come on. And, you know, wore a suit, looked respectable, acted respectable and like did an interview. And and afterward, it was it was interesting because they're like, God, I just didn't really see that from a snowboarder. We yeah. thought you'd be Spicoli this kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, no, that's uh, yeah, I know that's what you see or think. But this is it. Cause yeah remember my sport ever since i was a kid they're like well your sport's not legitimate mm -hmm. and i was like well no like i think we're doing things and and then once the olympics took snowboarding on it changed everything but like i remember going into school i'm like hey like i'm, I'm making money i'm doing this this snowboarding thing and i just need help to get my schooling in you know they have programs but they're like we have the program we just can't allow you to do it because you're not on our list we got horseback riding we got tennis we got uh, figure skating and like there's Skiing, but there's no yet. yeah there's no snowboarding i'm sorry and so that was always like in the back of my mind like how do i help legitimize the sport yeah. and so me doing the stunts or me doing those things i think just you know makes it harder yeah. in the long run and um so anyways i think it, it came full circle because i ran into a friend of mine, he's an editor in the world of snowboarding and um, really well-respected guy. And he's like, gotta say, man, thank you. And I was like, well, for what? And he's like, he's like, honestly, I went to Thanksgiving with my family and for the longest time, you know, I've been looked at as the, like the, 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 the outcast, the, the black sheep of the family or whatever, like the, the one that didn't amount to much. And, um, and I'm sitting there with everybody and they're like, hey, do you know that Sean White guy? And <laughs> he's like, yeah, I work with him all the time. And they're like, oh, that's incredible. Yeah. I, uh, he's like, you gave me and my life legitimacy within this, Amazing. you know, thing. And I was like, wow, that that to me, you know, it goes beyond me wanting to look cool or stand out or yeah. be different. But it gave, you know, legitimacy to others in our sport. So. I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was partly for that, partly for me, but I'm, I'm glad with those decisions yeah. made, but it was definitely a conscious thought, you know? And then, you know, you talk about other Olympians. I mean, there's so many Olympians that just like, it's tough. It's tough to, you know, do your sport and do it in a certain way. And then like be camera ready. Like, yeah. you know, it's tough to get to the bottom of the half pipe and say something meaningful yeah. <laughs> like you know memorable. win or lose yeah yeah i mean I, you've seen every and you're like yeah we played great it's excited for next game we're gonna try even harder yeah. you know what i mean like the weather's nice <laughs> like, yeah just having fun with my friends and i'll see you like it's the stock standard thing and i think within the world of snowboarding i was the first to be like no i'm upset yeah i wanted to win and i'm really frustrated about it i'm gonna work harder for next time because like i don't like yeah. to lose and i want to i want to be the best and like people that was just unheard of in our sport and um yeah i just kind of wore it on my sleeve and i was like this is who i am and this is what i'm into and yeah. and and where where would you say this sport is now like because you mentioned earlier yeah. part of your goal with white space is to start looking yeah. at who these like next um cupping snowboarders are and yeah. athletes are but where is the sport because you know i would imagine 
the Olympics solidified it. You yeah. obviously have helped solidify it, but where can it still go? Where do you want it to go? And mm -hmm. where do you feel like it is now? What's well, interesting, you know, just like anything, there's that ebb and flow of of involvement, and 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 I I would say that that snowboarding was on a bit of a down a down incline, just because, you know, snowboarding came out with what we call the twin tip. So basically, your front of your board matches the back of your board, which allows you to go switch stance, so you could ride front or back. Twin tip. Yeah, twin tip. It used to be just like a square tail, like skateboards used to yeah. be square. And with a round nose, yeah. same thing. So snowboarding went twin tip, the same shape on both sides, and you could, you know, um, ride either direction. And skiing went like, whoa, that's actually a really great idea. <laughs> so they became, you know, involved in freestyle skiing and made twin tip skis. So I think naturally when people go to the mountains, they ski. I skied. Yeah. You know, it's just you're not, you walk straight this way. It just feels like, okay. I don't want to be strapped onto the board. I can't run. You know, like yeah. this is this feels comfortable to me. So a lot of people start skiing first, and with the invention of the the twin tip ski or snowboard, um, came a whole new wave of skiers. You know, and the whole feud of skiing and snowboarders pretty much died out, and everybody's you know we're cool with it everyone now. It was a real now. thing for a while. Yeah, like the culture of it was yeah it, it became for for a couple of reasons one because you know it was a very wealthy person's leisure sport and they're up on the mountain and all of a sudden these kind of like hellion snowboarders show up and you know the surf community mixed into snow and <laughs> you know and 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 just any change to that sort of like it's like the country club you know showing up with pleats like yeah. oh, how <laughs> dare you because not on my course you yeah. know uh, whatever, like there's still that old sort of vibe. And so there was always a clash because skiers didn't want snowboarders on the resort. And that's probably far gone now. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of the old beef. But nowadays it's, you know, yeah. uh, it's gone. But, um, and that was a bit of the generation before me for yeah. sure. <laughs> and who were the like great young snowboarders right now? There's a couple amazing talents out there. Um, you know, it's interesting. I wish I could say they're all from the United States, but there's a lot of amazing talent overseas, Japan, Korea, China, um, you know, um, yeah, I you know, the silver medalist the, was um, Australian, you know. I actually just watched some YouTube clips before this. There was a Japanese snowboarder that looked like he was like 8,000 feet in the air in mm. the last Olympics. Did yeah, you know yeah. That's the brother of the of the snowboarder that got first place. Oh, really? Yeah, it's amazing. So his whole thing was like, well, I'm not going to win, but... Let me go as high I'm going to go huge. <laughs> They're going to remember it. <laughs> they did. <laughs> Which is so cool. I mean, that's part of the sport. It's like as big as you can go, yeah. you know. Um but it's amazing to see, you know, and, and where the tricks are heading. And, um, you know, there's little things that have like changed and advanced the sport, but I definitely think we were on a bit of a downcline, uh, down incline and now we're, we're, we're decreasing. And now it's, you see the build again, especially yeah. in the U S I think for sure, internationally, tremendously, because, you know, having the winter Olympics in a place like China, where things are, things are being built like crazy. Yeah. I mean, the ski resorts, there's thousands of ski, ski resorts being built right now with, you know, in a weekend train access yeah. and all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Overnight. Um, you know, so it's exciting to see new places embracing these sports yep. where at times they're like, no, this is too dangerous. It's daredevil. It's not a real sport. And now it's gaining legitimacy, especially obviously Korea where the last Olympics before that was, um, so yeah, it's fun to see, you know, and there's there's plenty of opportunity, but um 
And then in the world of fashion, I mean, you know, institutes like Montclair, yeah, doing fashion mixed with the outerwear. You know, it's just a great time. To Where's be my doing Montclair that. ball? Oh, there yeah. we go. We'll have to get you a white space. Yeah, uh, we'll have to get a white space. It'll basketball. be a lot bigger than these, though. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's fun to see you know the world change. I mean, especially in skateboarding. Look at the the influence of skateboarding into you know mainstream and high-end fashion was supreme and yeah i, I mean Louis i was Vuitton, told all these things earlier today that skateboarding the culture around skateboarding mm -hmm. is as big as it's ever been right now yeah it's incredible to see where before like i mean i, I remember my mom <laughs> she pushed me more into snowboarding because there's just more money in the sport yeah. you know it's a more expensive sport you have to go you have to get the lift ticket the lodging the you know travel all the stuff and the equipment's more expensive and and she just as a mother was like look there's a there's a there's a better career path you for you in in the world of snowboarding um but skateboarding now is like you can you can have your signature you know shoe you have your your big shoe deal your big you know it's yeah. it's pretty cool but i think it's it's rad especially with the olympics taking it on it's like there's this whole generation of skateboarders that now have that future or will get support by their community to go for that future that they want you know it feels like like uh, so many of these sports that aren't these professional major sports now have mm. these new opportunities where people realize the community around the sport mm -hmm. is so big mm -hmm. that let's not try to build this like the NFL or the mm -hmm. NBA, but mm -hmm. snowboarding has such a big community. Let's figure out how to make this its own big institution. Yeah. And you see it happening with sports now, like pickleball, yeah. which you were talking about earlier, and lacrosse, which yeah. is really starting to explode a bit. I know, I know, and and it's 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 pretty wild to think about because for me, I mean, a big reason of why I wanted to start my sports and music festival, Aaron Style, was because of the fact that like there was no there was no real tour for snowboarding. Like there was the X Games that's owned on its and operated on its own, yep. and then there's like the U.S. Open events that was a Burton owned operation, and then there's the FIS events, which are actually their own point system which you could say was the closest thing to a tour but yeah. you know it was all scattered random events in japan and in south america all over the place and i was like gosh could you imagine if we had a tour like we you tune in and this is mm -hmm. this is the first stop of the thing you know who's who's winning where are the rankings like it's all kind of all over the place so i think the future of the sport definitely needs that and i see that that becoming a, a reality with the, the white space tour Hey, you know, well, I was hoping the Aaron Style, you know, world oh, you know, yeah, something tour where we, because, because Big Air is the the event that we feature. We build a sixteen story jump and oh, wow. host an event. Where was the festival? There was three of them. There was one in Beijing at the Bird's Nest. There's one in Austria, and um, it's called the Bergiesel Stadium. And then there was one in Los Angeles. We did w one year at the Rose Bowl, and then we did um, the next uh, two three years at the Coliseum. You know, COVID put a stop to everything, but yeah. you know, and it was amazing, and it was it was really working. But um, but what happens is, Big Air is now an event that happens at the Olympics. So when I started, there was only half pipe, and they're like, oh well, there's other disciplines, so let's do half pipe and then slope style, which is a series of jumps. And then they're like, well, we got half pipe slope style. What about Big Air? Because the ratings are amazing, they want more snowboarding on TV, mm -hmm. and so Big Air is just like one big jump, your best trick. You wow. know, and so we would host that event in the city, which was fun because you'd bring people to see something that only takes place in the mountains, but we're building it 
in the city. What is it? You you get as much like airtime as you can and then pull off one insane yeah, trick. Yeah, as many flips and spins as you can get in before. It's kind of like, you know, a skiing, you know, um why am I not thinking of what it is? Because you don't care but about anyways, skiing. Yeah, don't, don't tell anyone. <laughs> no, but it's 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 literally that. It's 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 like your best stylish, biggest trick you can do. People are doing quad flips now. I mean, it's getting outrageous. And we yeah. have to build the jump bigger and you bigger got to out the right time. sustain that because you know, it's like an airplane. You need bigger the plane. You need more runway yeah. to land on. But, you know, things like that. But that's an Olympic event. So I think the long-term goal for us was to become a qualifying series for the Olympics. Got so it. you're actually watching that take place. But I don't know. I mean, these are all huge, you know, endeavors and things that I, I feel like I have time for now and can actually be a part of the meetings and influence and change and you know, it's not really the role I, I, I'll admit I wanted to take on while competing. It's hard to yeah. wear so many hats and do things. I mean, I, I even got flack a, a couple of times. Like, why isn't he, you know, implementing? I'm like, God, I could, I'm trying to learn the trick. I got to do, yeah. you know, there's a lot going on and still, you know, be a good brother and <laughs> son yeah. and, you know, boyfriend or whatnot. And so, um, so yeah, I think now is a beautiful time in my life to really kind of lean into those things, see where the sport's going, see where I can be of use and, mm -hmm. and where I want to be involved and, and with the right people, um, you know, or we'll just, you know, we'll just get the pickleball team and we'll be out there. You can do that, that yeah. too, <laughs> We'll be out there. Well, I'll tell you, at 36 years old? Yeah, 36. To yeah. have done what you've done in your life have this doc coming out have white space and like you said it's just a blank canvas of opportunity yeah. in front of you it's pretty amazing man it's yeah, been incredible catching up with you um if you're in new york for three months you know what would be a real bucket list thing for me yeah what's i've up? never been able to skateboard oh really i cannot skateboard bro oh man i need could you think 15 20 minutes you could get me to skateboard for sure for amazing sure. yeah, yeah. We'll Deal. get you a real long board. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's fun. You you just have to have the patience, you know, and right. go somewhere where it's not like the big cracks in the well, street. Like, years, we'll take so. you somewhere good. All right. All right I got you. Yeah. Right. All right, man. Well, thank you Cheers. for joining Boardrooms Out of Office, White Space, exclusively at Backcountry, mm -hmm. Sean White, legend. Thank you.